Good morning and welcome to Coffee with a Kick. I'm Xander. That's that's Keegan over there. And we're here for match day 15, the midweek. That was match day Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, some, some of these matches went exactly how we thought. Most of them didn't, as a matter of fact. Uh, a lot of tired guys out there. We'll get into that later on. But we'll start off with a result that, that we both got right. I think it is the only one that we both got right all weekend, which oh. was my Wolves facing Burnley at Molyneux, uh, which the Wolves ended up taking uh, in, a, in a relatively non-thrilling 1-0. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it wasn't a, a great result. Yeah. As far as performance is concerned, mm-hmm. um, there was a good. Ch- I mean, Burnley had their chances. They had a good chance there in the in the thirty eighth minute, um, and ooh, what does that say? Yeah, Burnley blunder there right before half gave us our our goal uh, from for Huang Li Chan. Uh, good pickup. Uh, by him on that one just before half. And that's really all that happened. Mateus Cunha fed him well, but it was Burnley gave us the goal. Not much else was happening there. Um, we had another one that should have gone in. 62nd minute, Dawson s- just s- put a platter right across the front of goal. Caught everybody off guard and just no one ended up converting. Um, yeah, it just... it. There was a moment there where we also had a chance with Sarabia uh, getting denied a great free kick. It was a great free kick, but a better save. Um, but I felt Burnley uh, went back to being Burnley. Uh, they mm. they they possessed, but they never really had a good chance at anything. And the Wolves capitalized on the best chance they had and were fine with that. Taking that 1-0, 1-0 victory uh, through to the next match, uh, which we will have... Nottingham Forest, a reeling Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I was uh, got a sneeze. Well, we'll power through it. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, nice. right. Yeah, I was pretty. Uh, I was shocked with how much Wolves had possession. It seemed like Burnley felt comfortable at some times, but Wolves actually dominated the possession pretty well, which I think gave them yeah. that front foot. And Burnley had a few chances, but I really liked how Wolves asserted their dominance. And kind of maintained it instead of sitting back and being defensive. It was one zero, but I felt it was more exciting than one zero for me. I felt like there were a lot of a lot of good chances sparsed out throughout the match. Yeah, and there were, there were plenty of shots, not, just not not a ton on goal. And you know, our 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 backup goalkeeper gets the clean his first clean sheet of his uh, Premier League career, wow. is what I heard. Uh, good old Dan Bentley. Hard to get more. English than Dan Bentley. Uh, unless he had like a third or a hyphenate as his last name. I think it's the only way to get more British than Dan yeah. Bentley. Um, yeah. But yeah, I th- it, it went the way we thought. It was the only one this weekend that did. Uh, the next one mm. went uh, went my way, not your way. You thought that, I mean, you had a shot at it. Luton Town beating, beating uh, Liverpool, or Arsenal, excuse me, uh, Arsenal. It was... Really, a, a an exciting match to watch. 
uh, 3-4 the final line for Arsenal. Uh, and it took till the 90-plus 7th minute for Declan Rice to to put in that really, really nice crisp header off of the Martin Odegaard ball in. Um, but it was back and forth the whole match, really. Yeah, this one, I mean, it felt like when one team scored, the other team scored. The most impressive thing for me was Luton being down 1-0, pulling it back. Being down 2-1, pulling it back. It wasn't necessarily them going up 3-2 that impressed me, but it was the the comeback. Because a team mm-hmm. like Arsenal, when they score first, typically they're not going to give up another goal. Or they're not going to yeah. give up the lead. And Luton, I mean, they fought well in this match. And again, if they play like they do against the bigger sides versus the other sides, I think they have a really good shot of winning some games and staying up. But it seems like they're just competition dependent when it comes to their play. Yeah, yeah. exciting match. Uh, you know, I mean, if if, if they had ten minutes of stoppage time, it probably would have ended four four because that's about how it was going for Luton. They would score, you know, three minutes later, four minutes later, and really that's that's about it. Uh, oh, there was five minutes between the first two goals. Excuse me, uh, but it, you know, I felt like Arsenal got away with it. I mean, this one, it, it, they. They the first uh, Luton goal was free header on a corner mm-hmm. kick by Luton. Second goal also a free header essentially uh, uh, on on the forty ninth I believe it was, yeah, yeah where where Arsenal just got the goalkeeper got beat to the ball. He should have gotten that on the second goal there in the forty ninth minute for Adebayo. Arsenal's goalkeeper should have had that ball. He should have powered through and gotten it, but he got beat to the ball, and you can't can't let it happen on a. On a keeper. I mean, the 90s plus seven, that was a good goal. Uh, that was well worked by Odegaard and Declan Rice. Um, but for for the 60s, it was it was a battle of defensive lapses, was basically the story of this match. The mm. first goal for Martinelli was a bad back pass led to uh, a deep throw that the goalkeeper had to put out. And you can't be off sides on a free throw. A free throw. Yeah. A throw in. So uh, uh, so Bukayo Saka was able to be in an offsides position, receive that, and fed Martinelli right across. Then the mm-hmm. unmarked keeper. Um, I, I, the 49th, 45th one for Gabriel Jesus. That was Ben White. That was a good ball cross. That one was well earned. Uh, but a lot of them are just defensive lapses. Very exciting. And again, like where is this Luton when they're playing... I don't know, Crystal Palace or something. Uh, like, wh- why can't you guys get points there? Why do you have to wait until you're playing a way better side to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, disappointing for Luton Town. I mean, it's one of those things where you can take the moral victory. Like, hey, we played we played Arsenal to the 90 plus 7. And it took them that long to put us down. Arsenal, you got to feel like you escaped with that one. Because you could have easily dropped points to Luton Town. Um but they didn't, so good on them. That Ooh. takes us to that finishes up Tuesday action to Wednesday action. Brighton Hove Albion hosting Brentford. I got this one right, although it wasn't three one. Brighton tried, okay? They they had plenty of chances after going up two one to go up three one. Really, Brentford Brentford was not in this one. I don't know what was going on, but it was the Brighton show by and large. Yeah, it was interesting to see the penalty. They pretty, convert the penalty. Yeah, mine was pretty light penalty there yeah. for Brentford. <laughs> pretty light in my books. Yeah, it felt like, um, you know, it was one of those things where VAR is not going to overturn the official yeah. 
But, yeah, I don't know. He converted either way, but even after the penalty, it didn't feel like they had control of the match. Really, it was. I think it was the 36th minute when Mbemo went down with his sprained ankle. Like yeah. a lot of Brentford's attack runs through him, and and he's I, he's done very well this season. Um, but once he went down, like you could tell, there was they they didn't know how to react as far as their attack was concerned. I didn't. They were scattered after that, and you know, uh, Hinshelwood uh, gets a goal line clearance on one end, runs down and gets his goal on the other there in the 52nd minute. And then, yeah, Brighton just had lots of other opportunities after that. Yeah, really. I mean, could have been, like you said, three, one, four, one Brentford second half wise. They just kind of looked demoralized. Yeah. It didn't really feel like they were in the second half. So I, I don't know what happened. Maybe the Buemo injury really just put them in a wrong mood. Their mindset changed, but it was it was strange to see them dip off from an okay first half to just a pretty poor second half. Yeah, not a lot, not a lot of action in the second half as far as actual conversions. Mostly just Brighton shots on goal. Um, yeah, we'll have to, I'll have to check up on Mbemo, uh to see if he's going to be out for long at all because that that'll mm-hmm. definitely hurt Brentford's chances going forward. Um, yeah, not not a lot else to say about that one. Uh, then, oh, except for, yeah, I got that one. And then for the next one, we both got it wrong. Uh, Bournemouth pulls out the 2-0 victory over Crystal Palace. Speaking of not showing up, Crystal Palace, what are you guys doing? Yeah, they, I mean, they just haven't impressed me. Like, I really thought this was a game, even at the beginning of the season, this was a game that Crystal Palace could probably guarantee a point. Yeah. But... I mean, they pretty much, they burn lead this game. And they just, like, had a good bit of possession, did not really do much with it. And Bournemouth took advantage, and Crystal Palace didn't. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the the first goal there by Bournemouth was was a nice, uh, a nice corner kick put over the top of the goalkeeper to the back post uh, and headed home. The second one was was quite a, sl- a sloppy bit of defense by Crystal Palace. I mean, they were still in the match up until the very end, but ninety yeah. plus one, you give away that that goal, and your goalkeeper doesn't attack the ball like he should. I mean, they just looked like they were they were already defeated at that point, and, and Bournemouth mm-hmm. got themselves. I mean, a hu- another huge three points for Bournemouth, um, just as far as the, the the standings on the table is concerned. Um, they were they were definitely down there in in relegation territory definitely concerning relegation territory for a while but they're now now seven points clear of 18th so i mean that's Ooh. it's huge for them um but yeah this one also not the best match um yeah. <laughs> not to this one like we both had this one right five nil fulham over nottingham forest i mean i had it as three two no you had it as three two at least i had it as one one but fulham again they're they're on one right now. As far as yeah, goal scoring goes. in this game, I mean, they looked like 2018-2019 Man City. I mean, they just dominated possession. They dominated anytime they lost the ball, they looked like they won it back. And I mean, yeah. six shots on target, converting five of them, that's ridiculous. I mean, Alex Awobi was uh, everywhere on the attack in this yeah. one. He looked he was very successful across a lot of it. 
the 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 Raul Jimenez back heel was just so salty. Uh, his little back heel goal there. Yeah, and Nottingham Force just they didn't do anything. I felt like for most of the match. Uh, let me see. Really yeah, that one like shot on goal the whole match. Only four shots in total. I is just truly utter domination. Yeah, it felt like a cup game. Like I felt like I was watching the second round of the FA Cup, and Fulham was playing like a third tier team. Yeah, it did not feel like a good, decent Nottingham Forest side that we've seen earlier in the season. They did not show up, and Fulham, like you said, they're they found some sort of winning formula because they are were from went from relegation to now twelfth in a matter yeah. of weeks. And and so. definitely feeling definitely feeling good right now. I mean, they've got this West Ham match will be pretty big for them uh, in the on the weekend. How do we have that one shaken out? Let's see. Uh, oh, I got three three, and you got two one, but we mm. both got this one wrong. Uh, no, I got it right. Uh, I got it. Yes, you got it right because you did have Fulham winning. You did have Fulham winning. Sorry, I wrote them backwards on my sheet, but then I marked who got what right correctly. So it's, it's, it's just nice and confusing for me. But yeah, well, 5-0 looks good for them. Uh, then to Bramall Lane, Sheffield United and Liverpool. Liverpool took care of business. 2-0 um, over, over Sheffield United. I, it wasn't... I, Sheffield United had one shot on goal. What else? Liverpool had eight. You know, it, it it was it looked like it was Liverpool versus Sheffield United, to be honest. Yeah, this was an awkward one. I mean, it seemed like once Liverpool, once Van Dyke scored in the thirty seventh, it seemed like Sheffield United's game plan was damage control. We don't do yeah. anything else. We don't want to lose five zero, and it seemed like they almost parked the bus to make sure they lost one to zero. I didn't feel like they did anything else the rest of the game. Well, you know, they had a shot there in the twelfth minute. They had a great breakaway that they truly just squandered. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw, but on the Virgil Van Dyke goal, it was Alexander Arnold uh, corner kick. He pulled down his trousers and and was rocking a plumber's crack for the free kick. I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, it worked. And Van Dyke maybe got away with a little bit of a shove, so he was unmarked there in the middle. But, no. but it, you know, it, it was still not an easy conversion for him. I mean, especially as a defender, uh, but it was well taken by him. And then, and then Darwin Nunez, they, they should have had a goal in the 86 minute, but he messed that one up royally. Luckily he made up for it in the 90 plus four with, with a really nice ball through to the Schlobberschlei. Uh, Schlobberschlei. I thought, that yeah, he, I, mean, fou- I thought he fouled that guy though, before he put, oh, played 100%. it across. I'm pretty sure he fouled that guy. Yeah, you know, if you can count on one thing, it's Darwin Nunez messing up perfect opportunities. Yeah, but yeah, no ninety the ninety plus four. I thought it was going to get called back, and I thought VAR was going to look at it. Yeah, and it didn't seem like they cared about the foul. It didn't seem like. Yeah, it was like it was it was already the game was already over. They were going to win, Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, he that was fully a slide tackle from behind. It looked like an attacker trying to defend. Is what it looked like. Yep. It was not great. Uh, just like Sheffield United. Boom. Roasted. Ugh. And then this one here. Aston Villa hosted Man City. And I got to tell you, Villa Park, venomous, dude. That place was on a, it was on a tear. Uh, and really, Villa fed off of that energy. And they controlled the match. 
They won one nil, which neither of us had. Uh, but City, what what did they end up with? One one shot on goal. Is that right? Two shots on goal. <laughs> Two. Yeah, both of them happening. Both of them happening. What in the in the eleventh minute, right? Holland getting denied once, and then Holland getting denied a second time, and that was yeah. it. The whole match. It, City was down. What Grealish? We he was out for this one. Uh, Alvarez Grealish, was out. Doku and Doku. That's yeah, Doku. Yes, it was just one too many Rodri, attacking players. Rodri was also out too. Yes, Rodri, and then of, of course Devin Kevin De Bruyne. It's you guys had figured out a way to 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 operate well without De Bruyne when you have uh, Alvarez. Uh, no, when you have uh, uh, who did you just say? Not Doku. When you have, you need to have Rodri. at least some of those guys. Rodri, yes, Rodri had filled yeah. in very admirably there in the middle. But uh, we talked about it a little bit in the other episode. Like when you're when you're relying on Kovacic, Kovacic, uh, to be like an integral part of your attacking, like that's not a good position to be in. Um, and it showed in this one. And you know, I, it's a good thing you guys already locked up. The Champions League, you're going to need to rest so many guys for that. Uh, luckily, it's also Red Star. So, Red Star Belgrades. That's nice. And we'll see. And then you've got Luton in the, at the weekend. So, a great a great next two matches to kind of put, you know, hit the brakes a little bit. Uh, or, you know, if you're into a skid because we're getting into wintertime, you know, take a moment, wait for your ties to regain traction, and then straighten yourself Ooh. out slowly. Turn into the skid, City. Turn into the skid. Yeah, this one was frustrating. Yeah. The Holland should have converted in the 11th minute. Um, yeah. But it didn't feel like after that we – Aston Villa was – they weren't parking the bus. No. it's Their defense has not been known to be great. But we just could not find a way through. It felt like we were utilizing our, wi- our wing backs a lot more than we ought to in the attack. I felt like Kyle Walker touched it. Probably too much. Same with mm-hmm. uh, Lewis. And at one point, we put a Kanji in the midfield to try and spark the offense. And again, if you're putting a defender in there to spark the offense, yeah, I don't know. It felt like we just didn't know how to break through. And yeah, I mean, that's now 14 straight wins at home for Aston Villa. Yeah, they're up in third. Very impressive. Up in third, taking on Arsenal this uh, weekend. With a chance to maybe get up into second, I mean, mm-hmm. great on I'll them. Be to see about the Leon Bailey injury, because l- late there, I don't know if it was a cramp or if he like. It seemed like he got yeah. a little hurt at the end. It was an ankle or a cramp. I, it looked like a double cramp. It looked like he was just also time wasting, but that's definitely a double cramp. Well, he uh, fell off the pitch and then he rolls back on. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I never understand how Rashford was in that situation. He was like three feet off the pitch and rolled back on. Yeah, and truly, I mean, Ederson was the reason you guys were even still in this thing because he made some great saves over the course of the match. Uh, Otherwise, it could have been it could have been two or three Aston Villa. Um, And the goal, the goal was just unfortunate. It was. It it really was. And then deflects off of I think Diaz's. Yeah, it was Ruben Diaz. I mean, just deflects off his leg and. Yeah, I, I thought Ederson had the original shot covered, but the deflection was just too much. Yeah, it was. It, it was. Un- it, they deserved to win Aston Villa, but their goal was still lucky. 
which is a weird it's a weird combination like i mean th- really you had to beat us on that you couldn't have done something cooler than a weird deflection mm-hmm. yeah it was it was tough i mean a zero zero draw would have been in that environment, with the amount of players that you have out with injury right now, it would have been an acceptable thing going in there. Um, but it wasn't to be so. And down to Manchester United and Chelsea at Old Trafford. Tin Hag it gives himself a little bit more slack. 2-1 victory for Manchester United um, with two goals by Scott McTominay. And then one by, one by uh, Man City alum Cole Palmer. Yeah, I've said it once. I'll say it again. You're not a very good team if you're relying on Scott McTominay to win you matches. But somehow he has delivered in like five matches this year. But honestly, this game, I felt like, man, you definitely didn't dominate possession, but I felt like they dominated Chances, shots. I mean, yeah. you can see that 28 shots, nine on target. But even not looking at their stats, I would have probably guessed more. It felt like they were shooting the ball every. Two or three minutes. Some of them wildly, but definitely they were definitely peppering the gold mouth um, yeah. with with a good deal of stuff, and they looked like the better side in this one. Like Chelsea, it was they had like a little bit of a of a come up in the past couple weeks, but they've dipped back down mm-hmm. to where they were. You know, uh, they didn't couple, come out in the second half no. with a ton of fire, and I think that's what hurt them. Yeah, like you you equalize before break, you're probably wanting to like have some fire, but. Wasn't there for him. No, no, and and the goals that they gave up were were bad goals too. I mean, it, McTominay was totally unmarked on on the first one, or they, they didn't close down on him enough in, in in the first goal, and then the second goal, uh, just a free. There were two guys that could have headed in that goal from Garnacho there in the 69th minute. Yeah. Like there are two guys that could have very easily converted that. Uh, so in the, in the Garnacho did waste a one V one there in the 74th minute, just because yeah. Manu was, was all over Chelsea's attacking third, um, for, for chances. Yeah. Chelsea, not a good look, not a good look, Manu. It, it looked good, but again, it was against Chelsea, which, you know, yeah. is nothing, nothing to write home about this season. Um, mm-hmm. that wraps up the busy Wednesday action, getting us to Thursday with, with the surpriser of with the surprising result of the midweek, I would say. 3-0 Everton Newcastle. Newcastle looked tired in this one. The whole match. They just looked run out and dragged out. And I think they picked up another injury in this one, which is just mm-hmm. great for Newcastle. But they <laughs> they never had a shot at this one. It didn't feel like. Or it yeah, didn't I mean, feel like. It felt pretty even in the first half, even up until the goals in the second half. But it looked like Everton just came out with more intent. Yeah. Like they're feeling pretty good after the weekend. So then they wanted to come out and like have more momentum. And I mean, they they look good from the start. And obviously McNeil scoring again. He, I, I'm telling you, he's Sean Deitch's guy. But I mean, they just it was a flurry at the end. Like just watch the 78th minute till the end. And Everton just kind of takes over. It was like LeBron in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they, they, just, they just took over, and there's nothing you could do about it. No, and, and they they deserved the 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 win there. I mean, it it wasn't much happening in the first half. It was about even possession, but there wasn't much of anything until uh, like the 39th minute when 
Covert Lewin should have scored, it looks like. Yeah, misplays the hip swivel. That's right. He misplayed the hip swivel. He was alone in front of goal, and he had it right there, and he just skies it from inside the six-yard box. A very a very Wondolowski sort of scenario, if I'm being honest. Uh, in the Wondolowski! Yeah. Uh, just, I just had a terror flash again of Wondolowski. You haven't checked out Wondolowski's terrible, um, honestly, from like three yards out, yeah. Sky. You got to look it up and watch it. It was it's it was crazy. the Brazil World Cup quarterfinals against Belgium, right? Yep. I think we were tied. We were down three two in the hundred and fifteenth. It was late. It was late. It was late. Julian Green. Julian Green. I think had just scored. Yeah, he had just and scored, so and like he was feeling good momentum. And I think he was on the other side of Wondolowski, also there to put it in, and Wondolowski skies it. Ugh. Ugh. We Anyways. could have won the World Cup that year. I, I mean, we could that. not have. Like, we were lucky <laughs> to be in that match, obviously. <laughs> we would have gone all the way. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, man. No, Germany was literally killing people that year, right? That was when they beat Brazil 7-0, right? It's not their first time they've killed people, so. Okay, moving on <laughs> to the next one. <laughs> Uh, uh, moving on to the next one. Either. Just look it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't heard of World War II, look it up. <laughs> uh, Spurs hosted West Ham at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And you know what? Maybe this was the shocking result of the weekend. Because uh, Spurs get so. taken down 2-1. to one. Uh, Oh, did you? No, you I neither mean, of us had this one. not been playing amazing. So this one shocked me because, I mean, West Ham... I mean, they were on 21 points. They've obviously been playing well, but not well enough to beat Tottenham convincingly two to one. Yeah, I, I mean, felt like it wasn't one of those fluke two to ones. Like it was convincing no. in that second after, half. After the first half, it was all West Ham. Uh, I mean, the first half, Spurs were 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 had pretty good control of the match. I mean, they they were up one zero at the end of the half. You're like, okay, Tottenham can keep this match under control. But West Ham comes out with a vengeance in the second half. I don't know what that team talk yeah. was like. Well, it was another game. Like I said, West Ham loves it when they don't have any possession and they mm-hmm. can just play the counterattacking game. I mean, Tottenham, I think it was 76% possession. And West yeah. Ham's like, that is great. We'll do it and we will just take the counterattacks. We will run at you with Kudus. Kind of we'll run at you with Kudus. We'll run at you with Jared Bowen. Uh, and. And really, this this could have there were there was a five minute span that this match really did change because seventieth minute Richarlison had an open header at the backside of the goal unmarked, and nine times out of ten he will put that in. He should have put that in, but instead it goes wide. Uh, it goes to a goal kick. Four minutes later, four minutes later, you get a a terrible brainless back pass by Indogi. Uh, to to the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, brainless, doesn't grab the ball. He punches it instead away from uh, away from Jared Bowen. And James Ward-Prowse is like, I'll take this. Sure. First shot. Hits the far post. <laughs> but it bounces back out perfectly, and he's able to collect it and literally just push it past Jared Bowen, who was standing in an offsides position, but he was not involved in the play. So mm-hmm. an easy goal. And, and West Ham after that, it's like... Hey, we're done here. Let's let's yep. let's put this one to bed, guys. Pack it in. Yeah, and and they did. They packed it in. They got their three points from Spurs, and 
you know, it wrapped up wrapped up a very intriguing mid uh, midweek of action here for yep. the Premier League. Uh, leaving, uh, let's see, we've got Arsenal up top now, 36 points after taking a full three uh, from their match against Luton. Liverpool and Aston Villa and City wrap up the top four with City uh, on 30 points. Boy, they, yeah, they, and they've had they've had a tough go of things the past couple weeks. Uh, yeah. Luton Town, cross your fingers, you don't get the Luton Town that showed up against Arsenal. Yeah, you know, it was a. I felt like a midweek of shocking results. Yeah, I felt like there were probably four or five that I did not predict. So we'll see what the weekend holds. I don't know who's going to show up, who won't. We obviously predict who's going to get better. Yeah, literally, we don't know who's going to show up because I think even Hungman's son, I think, picked up a little bit of a ding there at the, near the end of the Tottenham match, which is not good for mm-hmm. them because already down James Madison. And the Madison uh, Sun combination from early in the season was basically why they were up at the top of the mm-hmm. table so high. Uh, but I, I, they're not getting Madison back until the new year, so they gotta they basically gotta, gotta trudge along and try to keep themselves in position to maybe make a maybe make a go of it. Oh, who was that? The the commentators. Oh yeah, it was the Arsenal match. The commentators were making so much hay out of their comeback victory, and they're saying that this is going to win them. This is going to put them in position to be at the top of the table come May. I'm like, cool your jets, bros. This was Luton Town we're talking about. You shouldn't have been in this position in the first place. It was a weird one. Yeah, that one <laughs> rubbed me. That rubbed me the wrong way when, when the commentators are way overreacting to it. Anyway, that's the midweek that was match day. Uh-oh. Match day 15. That's right. Match day 15. Uh, if you haven't already, check out our preview episode, which is currently up on the YouTube channel. Go ahead and drop that like and subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. And maybe a like and a comment on one of the videos. I don't even care which one. You could go back You could go back to our, our uh, Premier League kit review episodes and drop a comment on there. And it will notify me because that's how YouTube works. Uh, but until, until we're back on... Uh, Monday afternoon for our preview of the last match day of the Champions League. That's what you got coming Monday afternoon. Until that time, why don't you go ahead and grab some coffee, watch some soccer, and we'll see you Monday evening. Goulet, goulet.